0: It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley.
1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley. We're here with myself, Ashley N, Tom, and the unflappable Tyler, who uh, won the hot sauce challenge. Doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, "I'm good. I'm so good." That's right.
2: <laughs> Not even one like one beat of sweat, right?
1: No sweat, no crying. So that's it's all good. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So we're here tonight in this lovely evening. That uh, it's kind of being more winter now.
2: Yeah. Someone turned winter on.
1: Turned turn winter on, at least for another couple of days or so. But yeah. apparently there's going to be a whole bunch of snow coming through, like, Virginia and... Uh, all to the south. All to the south of us. So for the snow lovers out there, sorry. <laughs> for everyone yeah. else, well, well. <laughs> daylight savings time is fastly quickly yes. approaching. Another yes. three weeks is going to be daylight we savings gotta time. we got to make it through March yet. Yeah. Well, you know, we've
2: through. had a lot of big blizzards in March.
1: Well, that's true. We, got, we love to get ice storms in March, so that's always yeah. fun. So. Yeah.
2: I remember lots of big blizzards in March. Yeah. You know, yep. there were a lot of them in the, in the, uh, 90s. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of, uh, blizzards of the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> the blizzards and, of the century. Yes. They were very in short in amount 90s. of time. They were like constant.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we are live today. We're taking your call 610 374 8800 or 800 number 888. Four zero one zero four five nine, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about vehicle technologies because it is just there's just so much out there.
2: And, and someone had called in last week, and when we were on, and they hung up, but they wanted to talk about some type of uh, new technology. I think it was like kind of confusing, and okay. and we didn't touch on it, but you know they had that uh, if you watch the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
3: the sm- yeah, the Hyundai. Hyundai commercial. Yeah,
1: the Smart pack.
2: Yeah, the Smart Park.
1: Where'd you park it? yeah. Parked it all over. Yeah. It.
2: <laughs> all over.
1: <laughs> so, funny. so all you all know, it. you
2: have a lot of this, you know, you're starting to see some of this low speed driverless car stuff yeah. happening, you know, and that's something, you know, the the car basically is driving itself.
1: Well, there's there's a Smart Park, but uh, Ford and Lexus had the parallel park feature too. Do they yes. still do that? Yes. They okay. they
2: still do. But yeah, Apparently that was, it was kind of freaky. Yeah. It would turn the steering wheel. Yeah. You still had to operate the gas and the brake though. Oh, it would do yeah. just the steering wheel. Yep, it would just do the steering wheel.
1: Man. I can't I would but, have yeah. a hard time like operating the brake and the gas and not having not touching the steering wheel. Like well, I'd be so distracted.
2: Well I I was working at the dealer when that came out and you did not want to be touching the steering wheel when it parked because it spun it really fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, take a
1: finger off yes, is what you're saying. It'll
2: take your finger right <laughs> off.
1: Be because careful.
2: it it's essentially an electric motor in there. Oh, a really okay. high powered electric motor. Okay. So you're not going to hold it if it's going to no. go to turn. Yeah, definitely. So.
1: But going back about talk, just talking a little bit about vehicle technologies that we don't that we kind of take for granted for vehicle technologies, uh, one of the, the biggest thing that I thought of, and I did a little bit of research, obviously before um, before the the show tonight, but interval windshield wipers. Yeah, how many how many times do you take for granted an interval windshield wiper? That They don't have to be on, like, even in just sprinkling, you know. So that's a big vehicle technology that, you know, we don't even think of. Um, Another couple things that I picked out as neat, interesting um, vehicle technologies are heated seats and Mm -hmm. air-conditioned seats.
2: Yeah, they're pretty nice.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, they're, they're nice. If you do a lot of driving, the yeah. air-conditioned seats are really nice. Yeah. If if you don't do a whole lot of driving, you'd be kind of like meh, like, you know, meh. <laughs> You know, do I really need it? But if you have a lot of drive time and you're sitting in that seat, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's really nice. It yeah. makes it really comfortable to keep driving.
1: Well, the forerunner that I valet the other day had, um, that was a 19 or 18 forerunner.
2: Yeah, an 18 had
1: um, AC seats in them, and I thought, oh, wow, that's pretty. That's yeah, pretty that's, nice.
2: That's nice. Yeah, it is nice.
1: And then um, motorized mirrors.
2: Oh yeah, I had a car back in the day.
1: But well my parents' van had um didn't have the motorized mirror, so my dad would be like, Okay, Ashley, get in the passenger seat and we're gonna we're gonna adjust the mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. So he's like, Okay, move it down. Move it down a little bit, move it out a little bit, out a little bit, down a little bit more. Okay. And that you adjusted your motor. Oh, you motive.
2: went too far. Are oh, you
1: went too far back a little bit. Well because That you're, was a
2: twenty minute evolution. It was just a mirror. And you're- Do you believe they still make cars with like mirrors little, like that? No. No, that had manual mirrors. A lot of work trucks. Oh. Like when you get your base model work trucks, yeah. they still have manual mirrors on them.
1: And cranky windows. Yes. Yeah, because we forget. We take for granted cranky windows, yeah. too, because, Crank, well, yeah, my windows. old Dodge didn't have, um, had Power cranky wind. windows. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could I could put the driver's side window down is if I took my seatbelt off and reached across and yeah. cranked that sucker up or down if I wanted to get, get some air in that we, way. and you know?
2: Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, the advent of the power window was mm-hmm. really nice because it saved you. You know, you're going down the road, it started raining, mm-hmm. and you were trying <laughs> you to reach pull across. Over. Yeah, you know, all my first cars all had crank windows. Oh, yeah. you know, and that was the same thing. You know, it'd be hot in the summertime, mm-hmm. and then it'd be start raining, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh great, I gotta, crank, I, gotta, I gotta crank the windows up.
1: So another um, another one that I thought of was temperature sensors for the exterior that showed a, oh, your temperature yeah. on the inside for the exterior because then you know how hot or cold it was outside in terms of like, you know, if it's bordering on like 30 to 31, 32. It used to have
2: those little stick-on things that you could put on the mirrors. Yeah. Like on the outside, that would it was a oh. ther- the thermometer.
3: I not remember them?
2: No. Oh, they were popular. I never used, used to see them. Yeah, they used to be stuck on the... You could stick them on the outside mirror and yeah. it'll tell you the temperature outside.
1: Well, that makes all the sense in the world because
2: no, they did it. No, they just do it digitally inside. Yeah. But
1: well, the my parents had an old Audi that had um, the display, and mm-hmm. I just always loved that you could see what the outside temperature was because I mean, as a as a we my, I always I grew up in Oli, so I always had to go pra- travel Price Town Road, and it's always colder at the top mm-hmm. of Pricetown Road than it is down in the valley oh, yeah. or down at the bottom of Route Twelve. So you know you, you know it'll be more careful when you reach the top of the hill because it's probably going to be colder and then you would hit and mash that button to say outside temperature and you're like oh it's 30 it got to be really careful so
3: yeah. i
1: i really appreciate that um another one air conditioning standard on most vehicles now
2: yeah i think it'd be pretty hard to find one without them but i'm yeah. sure there's still a couple a couple made without it
1: i'm sure they're out there but i mean
2: but, well, you know, they use the A.C. system a lot in the wintertime to mm-hmm. actually dry the air out. It's so the and they run the compressor, mm-hmm. the A.C. compressor, to make sure it doesn't freeze up, um, like freeze up as in get rusty and and oh, not okay. work when you need it in the summertime. Yeah. So what would end up happening years ago was they would go and they would freeze up over over time you know not being used in the winter okay so they found out if they turned them on in the winter and they ran they wouldn't freeze up well you so use it them wouldn't for fail the, as often
1: oh but you use them for the defrost for the yep. windshield yeah. yeah so it
2: uses it for the defrost for the windshield because it'll actually take the moisture out of the air inside so when you get in your car and you're all wet from going from you know like the grocery store out to your car and mm-hmm. it was raining mm-hmm. that that ac um compressor and all that ac stuff actually helps dry the inside of your car out
1: well as i like to call it it conditions the air yes so that's why it's called an air conditioner and well, i don't th- I, I it took me a long time to like kind of like put that like it conditions the air two. yeah it takes the the condition of yeah. the moisture out of the air like yeah. makes total sense once you dries kind of, the air out it dries the air out yeah. just kind of think about it a little bit
2: it dries it and it cools it so you you your body evaporates mm-hmm. a lot easier.
1: Exactly. Um, I also was thinking about three-point seat belts and knee airbags.
2: Mm. Knee airbags?
1: They have those in cars, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not oh, losing yeah. my mind. Okay. No, go. no,
2: no, 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 no. You're good. not losing your mind. Okay. Good. There's a lot of airbags.
1: There are tons of airbags now. Yeah. And now they're doing airbags on the outside of the cars. Yes. Which we talked about a little bit. Volvo mm-hmm. has the the pedestrian airbag. Yep. Like on the on the hood. Mm-hmm. Which I think is just amazing yeah and so smart
2: and now they have this one for uh side impacts for like if uh, you're in a t-bone type accident mm-hmm. that it will sense the car before it actually hits the, the side of you and put the airbag out that the car will hit the airbag then hit the car then so, hit there's, the cushion car. There. Yeah, so there's more of a cushion there
1: you showed me a picture of that where mm-hmm. does that come out of the side of I the door i think
2: I think it comes out from underneath and comes up.
1: Okay. I think okay. is
2: how it is. That would make and, sense. And somebody has it and I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. But I saw it as a new vehicle technology in yeah. a class I took. Oh, okay. So it yeah. it is coming. Um I think one manufacturer has it, I don't recall who. Okay. But it is coming, you know, to up your safety in a in a side accident.
1: It's just another layer of safety of and protection. protection.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, well you saw the you saw the uh, NASCAR race on Sunday. Oh my gosh. The, that was the end of the race.
1: Insane.
2: Yeah. And all that is safety equipment. Yeah. You know, those guys, you know, they used to come out of those cars and be in a lot worse yeah. condition. You know, yeah. when they were in an accident like that, they would either pass away or they'd be, you know, severely, severely imaged yeah. and yeah. damaged and, you know, Oh, they'd be really messed up. Yeah. But, you know, all this safety equipment.
1: It's like the Hans device is, and yep, the, the roll cage. Exactly. And it's just really amazing. I mean, ba- basically NASCARs are just rolling safety cages, yeah. which I think is fantastic. I mean, they're going yeah. 200 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. No normal human being that's not taking off from the earth is going 200 <laughs> miles an hour at any given time, yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> You're only well, you
2: got be- those, those people out on the salt flats, though. Oh, yeah. They're there. They're crazy too. But they got they uh, when they have a problem, you know, they really have a problem. They have too, a big problem. So
1: Well, we're gonna take a really quick break. We'll be right back. You can give us a call, six ten, three, seven, four, eight, eight, zero, zero, and we'll be right back.
0: And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to
2: Idle Talk on eight thirty AM W E U and eleven sixty W B Y N.
1: Yeah, good job, honey. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna you it. I'm keeping the pen away from yeah. you. I'm gonna see if you can do it later.
1: Well, I can read it right off of the thing on the WEU, but yeah. I have to remember 1160W. Yeah, anyway, it's yeah. fine. Moving on. <laughs> what What is our next thing that we would like to discuss, well, Mr. Mr. D. Well. well.
2: What I was looking at was, you know, you got some stuff down here about, like, interesting things that happened over the years. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of the stuff, you know, we take for granted anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, years ago, um, we actually had a car in the shop uh, not that long ago, the 1980 Buick.
1: That was a was thing a of beauty a, and a yeah. joy forever.
2: It was a 1980 no. Buick. uh
1: it was a Cutlass? Yeah, I think it was a Cutlass. Yeah. I don't recall. I don't exactly It sure did have anything. an antique plate on it, though.
2: Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> and actually, it was in pretty nice shape. Yeah, no, it, it was. was. In, it was in nice shape. It was a good shape. It yeah. should have it need, been driven
1: a little bit more in it terms...
2: Needed, it actually just needed a paint job. It needed a paint
1: would've... job, but it needed to be driven a little bit more because the brakes were just yeah. having a hard time, like, <laughs> yep. being...
2: Well, that's why we were that's working we're on it, because yeah. the, the, the brakes were we kind of messed up from sitting around. Yeah. But that was like one of the first cars to have an onboard computer. Really? And, yeah. And because it, it was a Buick. Well, GM. GM. GM okay. was really big into the computers. Um, and we actually had the, uh, the one complaint when we brought it in was the check engine light was on. and.
1: But that was an OBD1. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So... Back then, what you used to have to do was actually jump some wires, and you would count the check engine light flashes, <laughs> and be that would t- right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and nowadays, it was kind of like, uh, well, back then you you also you know trying to diagnose a problem mm-hmm. was a little more difficult. There right. was a lot of stuff involved, and it got easier over the years as everybody got then we got a little more information mm-hmm. when the government actually went and standardized what. You would get out of the car, so and they standardized that for the 96 model year.
1: Right, OBD2.
2: So that's been around for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what everybody takes for granted, that you can plug a scanner into a car and get codes out, is really, really just amazing.
1: Well, that is number Mm -hmm. 11 11. on my list of, um, I went, I found this on Popular Mechanics. Um, so giving the credit there, um, it's a 20 or 15 of the most important automotive tech milestones of the past 25 years. And I thought this was fascinating because, um, a lot of the things that I didn't think of like high tech headlamps, you know, we're so used to like Mm -hmm. really good headlamps and like the nice capsules that, you know, direct light. And back in the day, like Chevy had Uh those, those square lamps that you just, Put the lamp, the whole thing in there.
2: Yeah, the sealed beam. The sealed lamps, beam, yeah, yeah. They were okay until the uh, chrome started coming off on the inside, and they just slowly get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer.
1: Oh, is yeah. that what happens, yeah, yeah, okay. what happens to them? Yeah, what happens <laughs> to them.
2: When you walk up to them, you can actually see, like, if you have them on and you walk up, mm-hmm. and you could kind of look down in the hole, like where they, where mm-hmm. you actually install them. If you look down below and you saw it all lit up down underneath the headlight, it was the you reflection. You knew the, the reflector chrome. came off, the reflective chrome came <laughs> off inside,
1: and that chrome was like on the back of the bulb, so it, was, it, it would it was push on the, the light.
2: In, it was on the inside, right, with that bulb, and it, it would just it. eventually fail and kind of crumble and okay. go away.
1: Well, that the so the high high tech headlamps um, is what they're referring to here, and in 1992, high intensity discharge headlamps for far brighter than traditional halogen lamps, were first installed in European production sedans. Since then, several technologies have been fighting for dominance. The early 2000s, the LED headlamps were begin to show up in production cars. Yeah. LEDs are fantastic.
2: They are. But I do want to touch on the uh, HID headlights a little bit. Okay. There's actually a thing with LE, or HID headlights. You want to be really careful when you work around them. They actually ed- emit radiation and <laughs> have you that, been working around no, a little bit too but long that might it's be a why radiation. i speak radiation <laughs> that might be it that might be it uh we were at a class and they were talking about it and um the one guy um in the uh one instructor that was mm-hmm. writing this class they him and his wife were trying to have a baby okay and why they were writing this class and he had to go to the doctor and give a specimen sure and when he did that there were he had a very low count in it okay and they had been working on this car with the headlights on and he had been standing in front of it
1: oh my goodness and that affected and him and that affected him no kidding so oh my
2: god That's if you have the hood open on one of these cars that has HID headlights yeah and you're working on it just be aware that they actually emit radiation, and no they can they can actually harm you.
1: Wow, so, is that a permanent effect?
2: It kind of goes away, but I'm sure with a long enough time, sure. like anything, right, right, they, right, it'll affect you. Wow, yeah,
1: fascinating. Now, when we installed um, different headlights on a couple people's vehicles mm-hmm. and we had to install the little thingies oh, on the yes. lines to make yes. the.
2: So we do, we do some led headlight installs mm-hmm. like uh bulb replacements. So some of them are pretty straightforward. You just replace it, replace the bulb, but some of them are actually the computer monitors the amount of voltage or the amount of amps mm-hmm. that the headlight bulb pulls on the, on the computer system and they actually have to put a resistor in line to trick the computer into thinking that it has a regular bulb in it yet. Okay. To make it draw enough electricity to fool it because if it doesn't draw enough electricity, it will turn the headlight bulb off. Okay, the that was my next will. question. Yeah, the computer will turn the headlight bulb off because it thinks that there's a problem with it.
1: What about no but what about the little thingies with the feedback uh for the oh, radio?
2: Oh, you're talking about the little ferrite. Yeah. Uh, the noise filters. Yes. Yes.
1: I thought, I really, when you first said that, I'm like, I didn't really understand what you were telling oh, me. I thought you yeah. were telling me like, you know, a, a fib so, just to see if you can get me. No,
2: no, no, no. So when you put them in, you have these little, what they call ferrite connectors. And you've probably seen them on your cords around the house. Yeah, like usually the, see them on computer. computer. cords. Yep. You see them on computer cords. They're the little round things that say, do not remove. <laughs> Because For obvious reasons. Yeah. Well, for non-obvious reasons. Well, what it does is it helps stop the radio frequency coming out of that cord. Okay, So, yeah. like, when electricity moves, um, a lot of times, like, all our electricity for our lights and, um, like, anything you plug into the wall mm-hmm. is all AC current. Mm-hmm. So it actually has this wave that oscillates up and down. Okay. So... And this oscillating wave, as it moves through a wire, can actually cause interference. Okay. So they put these little snap over—I believe they're ferrite—is what they're called—connectors on there, and that is what actually calms the radio frequency coming out of that cord. Okay. So it doesn't affect any other radio stuff in the area.
1: So if you were to not—if you were to put in bulbs and not put in new like the. HID bulbs?
2: HIDs or LEDs. LEDs.
1: And not put those on. You would get like a buzzing noise in your radio and that kind of thing, correct? Yes. Yeah. And
2: listening here to 8.30 a.m., you probably wouldn't be able to hear it unless you were near the tower because there's that much buzzing that comes out of it. Really? It would be like uh, on an old car Mm -hmm. Um, before they had, uh, they now have resistance wires. Mm -hmm. They used to have, they were solid copper wires and they would go to a copper spark uh, spark plug with copper inside. Yeah. And they would cause all kinds of radio interference. And
1: that's why you had a hard time listening to AM radio. Exactly. back in the day because of that
2: Exactly. semi technology. Yeah. Yeah. And then they realized if they put these resistant wi- these resistant wires um made out of like different types of carbon mm-hmm. um and a couple other things, and ran a resistance-style spark plug. They put, like, a – I'm not exactly 100% sure what they did inside the spark plug. Okay. But it basically got rid of all the radio noise. Now they just have these little tiny – they attach these little – I guess there's some type of – like a shunt or something. It, it's basically a little radio frequency. It catches radio frequencies. Okay. kind of, And they just bolt them on near the ignition coils. Okay. Because ignition coils give off a Lots lot. Lots of, yeah. yeah. They give off a lot of uh, radio noise, essentially.
1: Okay. So, Interesting, yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah, so if you don't put them on, you can't hear, you know, you won't be able to listen to radio. At all. I know, because I did it. Because <laughs> I didn't have them at the
1: time. You're like, I know, because I did it.
2: And I was like, I can't get the radio station to play.
1: You're like, I have to listen to AM. I have to listen to AM. I do. I know. I do. <laughs> well, everyone has to listen to AM so they can listen That's to us. That's right. Whoa. Yes. So a couple other things. We're going to hit a break in the next 30 seconds or so, but um, the smart key which I didn't think went back as far as this is telling, but the smart key she was first, this a quiz question.: I know first invented in 1998, but of course Mercedes started the smart key because they are they're really good at starting this all this really neat technology. Mm-hmm. They always have all the good they have all the good snaps. So.
2: Yeah, they have a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. And usually everybody else follows suit down the road.
1: Yeah, once it could, once it becomes unpatented, or if they do patent it, I don't know if they do. but I'm sure they do. They should. Well, we're going to take a really quick break. We are taking your calls. We're live tonight, 610-374-8800, and we'll be right back after these messages.
0: We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair.
1: Hello, we're back. Thank you for joining us. I'm getting my earbuds in here, making sure I can, everybody can hear me. That's I can right. hear myself. Uh, welcome back. This is Ashley and Tom for Idle Talk. W-E-U, 830 AM. 1160 W-V-U-A-N. Hey, you got it
2: without a. <laughs> bum, bum, bum uh, 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 Has it been like three months?
1: Well, I didn't write it down. This...
2: Yeah. Woo! Yeah. It's been like three months.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Details. That's yeah, fine. Details. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Oh. So anyway, right. November, he's counting December, it out. November,
2: December, January,
1: February. Yeah, four months. It's all right. Yeah, four months. I'm, I'm a late bloomer, honey. It's fine. Ah, I it's see it. Fine. Yep. So anyway, we were talking about the smart key and smart key technology, which I I absolutely love. And the <laughs> when I first got so. the, my Fiesta with the smart <laughs> I was so afraid. I was like, I do not want to use this thing. I am afraid I'm going to either. Start the car and leave without the key.
2: Which is very hard to do.
1: Right. Or I, I, just, I was afraid I would drive somewhere and I would turn the car off and I wouldn't have the key. Like, I was really nervous about that kind of stuff.
2: You know, they're actually really easy to use. Well,
1: and- but but there's so much technology. Like, like dum-dums like me sometimes are like, no, that's not going to happen, Ashley, because we have all this technology, mm-hmm. like safeguards built in. Yes, that I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I just have to make sure I have the key somewhere mm-hmm. in my purse or on my in my pocket. Yeah. So, so
2: we get them dropped off at the shop mm-hmm. and everybody's like, they're like, all right, see you later. You know, and they drop off during the day mm-hmm. and they walk away because you don't think about it because you have the key in your pocket.
1: Right. And sometimes
2: yeah. you're like, hey, ah. <laughs> has anyone seen a key for this car? And we're like, like looking around and you know, with the person, yeah, they left, with, yeah, they left with it at work, and we yeah. gotta go run and pick it up, but you know it's kind it, of that it's doesn't kind happen of, very often, not very often, but yeah. it it's still it still happens every once in a while, and you're like,
1: oh, yeah, you know what, <laughs> well, the thing about keys is I hate when someone hands me their keys i mean i i, I love all of our customers, but I hate when they hand, hand me all of their keys, like their house key, the key to their work, you know, the key to this, the key to that. And I'm like, I don't want all that responsibility. This key fob has enough responsibility. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: They're pretty expensive.
1: Yeah. 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 And speaking of expensive key fobs, you, whoever has it, I'm pointing and waving right now. So this is waggling my finger at everybody. If you have a key fob and you don't have it on a really secure key ring, and you just have it on one of those little really oh, the, like, like little loose, cheesy ones. Yeah. You will lose that thing faster than you realize and then you're going to be paying a couple hundred dollars for a new one. So make sure you have a good key ring on there. So um it, Charles in Redding, uh we're going to take he has a question about HID lights. Hi Charles. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Hi.
3: I have a question. How are they legal with their intensity and how bright they are? They're blinding. That's a good question for Tom. From behind out. and forward when the law used to be when you had the old high beams, or which were not nearly as bright as the regular HIDs, not even close, and you had to dim them within 500 feet of a car. Mm-hmm. So how are they legal? They're extremely blinding, mm-hmm. and it would make more sense to outlaw them and get brighter streetlights.
1: <laughs> That's true, but I'll let Tommy answer that one.
3: Yeah,
2: so they're not they're kind of on the cusp of of legal and not. There are a bunch of them out there that are not legal and there's a bunch of them that are legal. Um with the LED lights, they're um a lot more e- easy to put in, I should say, but they require aiming afterwards. And I think a lot of people, when they put them in, do not aim them correctly because that's where we, like, when we do a set, we always line them up and aim them downwards. And usually when we do them, we have to actually turn the headlight aim, like, the whole housing downward because they do shine up higher by the way the light broadcasts.
3: So, it's ridiculous it's like a stadium light attached to the hood
1: oh yeah and mm-hmm. a lot of well they're, uh, they that's,
3: can't look away <laughs> no, no don't look
1: away but the but with that they're um I'm, but they're I don't,
2: all they're awesome just as bright as the other ones but it's in the spectrum of light that it broadcasts that's what i was trying to like get out a regular headlight bulb is is the equivalent of like a cool light bulb like if you went to the store to get a light bulb for your house it would be like broadcasting in the cool white realm so it gives that kind of yellowish and a lot of these leds are up around six thousand, which is the daylight bulb at the at the store yeah Yeah.
1: so it's a brighter light but a lot of the times people don't aim
3: yeah they they don't aim them
1: pop the bulbs in and
3: even i believe some of the new cars have them standard Mm -hmm. and Even if they're aimed properly, if these people are on a hill and you're you're at the bottom of the hill coming up, Mm -hmm. they're right in your face. Like I said, you can't look off to the side of the road like you used to be able to with regular high beams, and still maintain. You gotta slow down because you're seeing spots.
1: Yeah, no, they they do. They're pretty far in front. Yeah,
3: you know what I mean. I just think they're they cause. You know that's a recipe for an accident. It's it it, too bright.
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you with that kind of stuff. I mean, I really think it's important to be um mindful of our other drivers on the road just because, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we all got to play in the same sandbox, you know. Yeah. And
2: you don't right. want to be blind in the person coming at you either.
1: Yeah. Or the person right. that we, that you're well, behind.
3: You say we live in an age of technology, which is correct. Mm-hmm. We could all, we can have brighter streetlights with energy efficiency, so that Mm-hmm. no it's not a problem that's the way it should be from overhead not in your face yeah or from behind blinding you
1: yeah i don't i don't disagree with oh, that man. i mean but there's yeah a...
3: well
2: look at the we just got new bulbs new lights put in the office oh my gosh and they were leds <laughs> amazing. and they're they're like the two by two squares in the drop ceiling and we turned them down as far as they would they would turn down because they were so bright so
1: so bright and I'm like, I'm like man, i'm like man be efficient yeah.
3: And, way. And a hundred watt. You know, it might only consume I don't know around fourteen watts. Mm-hmm. But they're just as bright as an incandescent. They yeah. are good.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: They're, or or brighter. I mean, it was so bright in there. I'm like, oh my god, I could see all the dirt in here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Turn them down. <laughs> exactly. Turn them down. <laughs> <Not cleaning.
1: laughs> yeah. It's like man, yeah. we got to run the run the mop a little bit more in here. <laughs> yeah. The, the
2: the electrician turned them turned them down to like the cool the cool white uh realm there mm-hmm. in like the 3500 range and and then he turned a power way down on them and they're still crazy bright yeah
3: i mean they're like, nice I there, see you cleaned up no, yeah I <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly <Excuse me.
1: laughs> well thank you for that call charles that was wonderful i appreciate uh, it have a good day have a good night thanks bye, bye. So yeah, I mean, I really yeah. think HID headlights are a really big, really big deal. And that's the way a lot of people like to modify their vehicles. Like, yeah. Think that's I big, had somebody
2: so. behind me last night with misadjusted ones and I was in my pickup <laughs> truck and they were insanely <laughs> bright. That's even in funnier. you my...
1: the truck and you yeah. could tell. Well, I was, we're driving, I was driving home mm-hmm. one night and i it was like a rav a little toyota rav4 or something and it was illuminating the trees above yeah <laughs> above the, well, i'm the, like that's, that's not good and
2: and that's the thing you know they put them in and a lot of them have adjustments to change the beam yeah. but they also need to realize that like when you do like the aftermarket leds and i'm not talking about the factory the cars with the factory ones right, right now yeah. i'm talking about the aftermarket bulb replacement ones mm-hmm. a lot of time a lot of times we actually have to lower the way the lights shine because they do shine brighter and and a lot more. Um, when I did them in my truck, I had to lower them quite a bit to get them down where they were on the same level as every other car yeah. on the road. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and not be blinding somebody when I, they were driving the other way.
1: Yeah, just to make sure that just being being mindful of the other drivers on the yeah. road, which is important. You know, yeah. we're all in this all in this driving thing together. Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's talk about a couple other other things. Mandatory tire pressure monitoring, which I did mm. not know was mandatory. Yeah. Started in. Well, we talked
2: about that a couple of weeks ago.
4: Yeah, but I was not aware
1: it. that it was that it was mandatory as of two thousand. Um, two thousand. yeah, that's what it says. Really? Um, yeah, it's no coincidence. Oh, you know what? Far. That
2: was, that was like the middle of the Firestone tire. Yes. That's debacle. what it, that's what yeah. it cites here.
1: But, mm. um, uh, so standardization of tire pressure monitoring system in cars means, um, that owners were warned about their underinflated tires before real trouble happens. And then I didn't know there was a direct and an indirect TPMS. Yes, yes, there are. And the indirect, I think, is actually kind of interesting, but it uses the anti-lock braking system and wheel speed sensors to see, notice the tires are spinning faster than they should, indicating reduced air pressure. But the problem there is, what if one of those sensors is bad?
2: Well, usually they're not, because it'll have an ABS light on. Oh. But I will tell you, because you're not in the shop, we hate the ones that are like that. Why? Because... What'll end up happening is we'll rotate the tires. And if one, if the front tires are a little taller than the back tires and we rotate it and we forget to go in and reset, reset. it, mm-hmm. it turns the light on. So all the tire pressures will be right. Everything will be perfect.
1: But the car's like, something's wrong. Yes. Because yeah. it
2: learned that these tires wore down a little faster than the mm, others. Uh-huh. So when you go and you change them, you're like, and you don't think anything of it because most of the cars have sensors in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of German cars use this. The indirect. The indirect. Okay. You see it a lot on Volkswagens. Okay. You see it, um, some BMWs. It kind of like, they, they kind of sprinkle it in a little bit, you know, so <laughs> you don't, you don't, yeah, you a well, secret spice. <laughs> you, you do an oil change, you set the tire pressures, you do a tire rotation, and you're like, oh, it had, you can, we can tell that it has the, the sensors. So you're like, okay, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no problem. And then you find out, oh, it has these fake-looking ones, oh. and it really uses a, the indirect system off the ABS sensors.
1: Huh. Yeah. Fascinating.
2: People come back, and they're like, hey, my tire light's on. We're like, ah!
1: <laughs> well, we're going to keep on talking about that when we come back. We're going to take a really quick break. You can give us a buzz, six ten three seven four eight eight zero zero. Or eight hundred number, eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine and we'll be right back after these messages.
0: And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle
2: Talk with Tom and Ashley.
1: Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi.
2: <laughs> We're here. Yeah.
1: Did you want to be fancy? my microphone fell. Oh, that's, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Did you want to be fancy and do some call? call no. Water? No? Okay. All no. right. We're moving on. No. So, um, okay, so we were talking about tire pressure monitoring. Yes. And um, so the direct and indirect, and then the the TPMS sensors themselves. Let's talk a little bit more about the tire those.
2: Tire pressure monitoring sensors. The t- yeah. That's what it stands
1: for. Tire pressure yeah. monitoring sensors themselves. They're actually... Um, pieces that go in the tire themselves. Like in, like describe it a little bit because I didn't...
2: So so a lot of them, years ago when they first started doing this, uh, they would attach them to a, like a a metal band and attach them like in the center of the wheel. And what they ended up doing later was actually, they found out a lot of times when you change the tires, they would break. So what they would do then would go and uh, they would, they then attached them, started attaching them to the valve stem. And the original ones, they made metal.
1: I have a question. So when when they would do them on the band and Mm -hmm. then you would install the tire, you wouldn't know that it was broken until after the tire was already installed and set, correct?
2: Um, Usually you broke them taking them off. Okay. Because... You didn't know the car had them.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So
2: you didn't know the car had them, because when you started the car, the light didn't come on. It mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Uh, you brought the car in. You would take the go to take the tires off, and the uh, the piece they call the shovel on the tire machine would come over to break the bead. Okay. And if you didn't know that there was one in there, and you just had it like break the bead. Just when it, it came in, it would just clobber it. Yeah, okay. and that's what happened to a lot of them. So they were like, "We need a better system because the bands were expensive and every, everything was like expensive for that." Okay, you know, we we would break one, and it would be like two hundred dollars. Whoa, to, yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize. That. Yeah, like okay. when they first came out, well, they were so like, much more. Yeah, less they were, expensive now. Yeah. The the price is really starting to come down on that stuff. You know, it's been out for a while, mm-hmm. so a lot of people are, are now making replacement sensors.
1: Right, so you don't have to go directly through the manufacturer for yeah.
2: that. So on the newer, like the second ones that they did had metal valve stems in them, mm-hmm. and then what would happen is you would have two dissimilar metals next to one another. Corrosion. Yeah, they would be in the aluminum, you would have a steel sensor, mm-hmm. which was actually the valve stem part where you put the air in, that would actually be steel, and it would be an aluminum wheel. And an aluminum and steel, when they're next to one another, they like to make a lot of corrosion. And what would happen to those is they would make enough corrosion that they would either leak or break. Okay. So then the third set that they kind of came out with, which is what everyone seems to be going with now that puts physical sensors in, is a rubber sens- or rubber stem with a sensor mounted to the back of the rubber stem. And they actually made the rubber valve stem look a little different from a standard one, oh, so you'd so you be can, able to tell so that tell. there's a sensor
1: there. But the, the, the one thing that I was never sure about until I really got into this business when we you know started mm-hmm. doing this crazy thing together um, is you don't have to replace the TPMS sensors every time you do tires. No. And there's a battery... Yes. Which, in the sensor itself, yes. I'm like, this sensor is only the size of, oh, I mean, it's, it's the size of a... like It's a, not a, much a, like bigger
2: a, than a 20-ounce soda bottle cap. A
1: the bottom, battery.
2: Well, the whole sensor on a lot of these. Some are oh, larger, really? but yeah. I thought they were, they were yeah, big. I thought the size of like the, a charger. Well, no, no, no. Like, some, some are, okay. but most of the so real new out. ones... Are, are no different than the size, you know, they're only a little bit bigger than a 20-ounce soda bottle cap. Okay. You know, they're, they're like between a soda bottle cap and a Snapple cap.
1: A Snapple cap. Well, they're, yeah. then the technology has really gotten more Yeah, they used more to be minute. giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now
2: they're a lot smaller.
1: But you definitely don't have to replace those every single time you get new no. tires. Because no. that would be, I mean, that would be pronounced. I mean, it, they, they, they're you, getting more, less and less expensive, but they still.
2: They generally last about 10 years. Oh, okay. Is what they last. Okay. So, um, we see them some uh, go out sooner, some mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you know you, you don't you don't know. T- it's electronics.
1: Yeah, but in ten years you're going to go through multiple sets of tires, I mean yes. especially how much how, what, yes. you know with specific kind of driving. Mm-hmm. So you you know you know every ten years, okay. It, maybe that could be considered yeah. a maintenance item. I mean, you're like, okay, it's been ten years. I know these things are ten years old. Let's just yeah. do new ones while I get my X whatever set of tires. Yeah. yeah. To make it a little bit easier for everybody, because there's nothing more of a pain in the keister than you know getting a new set of tires mm-hmm. and then your TPMS lights go on and then you realize that you yeah. need a new sensor in the right rear or whatever yeah. it is. So, exactly. So you get a whole dismount the whole thing and yeah. start all over again. Yeah. Um, just really quickly the. Um, First TPMS was available in the Porsche 959 supercar in the late 80s. And then um, it took new laws sparked by outrage over the Firestone Ford Explorer Mm -hmm. rollovers of the 90s for the system to become widely adopted. The uh, Transportation Recall Enhancement and and <laughs> Documentation Act of 2000, otherwise known as the TREAD Act of 2000. Insured, How long do
2: you think it took the government to come up with that?
1: <laughs> and negotiate that whole name. Yes. I'm surprised there's not a senator's name well, in here somewhere.
2: Well, no, because they had to make it TREAD so it would be like tires. You know, right. The TREAD on tires. Yeah, I get it. But, um, but I mean... Psh- like, but, my gosh, to come up with Transportation Recall Enhancement Accountability and Documentation Act.
1: That's pretty clever. I mean, come on. No. Okay, maybe No, not. it's not.
2: That's it, okay. bureaucracy at work.
1: Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Ensured that every passenger vehicle would have the systems standard by 2008. So while yep. it became mandatory in 2000, mm-hmm. we still everyone still had eight years to get, get it kind of squared away yeah. in terms of the manufacturing. So um, I was... Really interested in the backup cameras.
2: You know, there's a lot of neat stuff with that right now. Um, Nissan's doing a pretty cool thing with that. How? They are taking the rearview mirror, and I think GM's now doing it too. I think I saw a commercial with a GM car. But they're taking a rearview mirror, and they actually have a camera in the back to show you... What's behind you? Uh-huh. Because what's happening is you get you're getting all these big headrests and everything in cars, so you can't see out the back right. window as easily anymore, especially
1: in the back seat. Exactly. The headrests. yes, yeah.
2: the back seat headrests are getting mm-hmm. large and they're blocking the view mm-hmm. out the back. But federal law st- says that you have to have this rear view mirror. You know, you have to have a mechanical rear view mirror mounted inside in passenger cars. Mm-hmm. So To get around all this stuff, Nissan went and they have a mechanical mirror there, but there's a button you can hit and it actually shows you the, like a video behind you and it kind of spreads out far enough that it'll kind of start to show you the blind spots too. It's actually pretty neat. It's pretty clever.
1: We're going to keep on talking about that when we come back. Uh, Give us a buzz, 610 374 8800, Um, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair.
1: Hello, we're back. Thank you for joining us. Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley on Mm -hmm. 830 AM WEU and 1160 WAN. See, I did it.
2: Yeah, and you don't even have it written down this week. Uh,
1: mm -mm
3: -mm -mm.
1: It's the little things in life, little celebrations. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So we have David in West Reading has a question about CVT transmissions. Hello. Hi. Hello. I have a I have a
4: 2017 Nissan.
2: Mhm.
4: My transmission fluid does not have a dipstick, so therefore I cannot check the fluid level. Mhm. The manufacturer's recommendation is to replace the fluid at 60,000 miles. Mhm. Um the dealer says that I gotta go back to the dealer. Is that something a service station like you or shops like you can perform, or do I need to take it to a specialty shop as a transmission shop? Um,
2: we can definitely do that service for you. Um, we have a couple different options with that. Um, we actually have our BG services, which they have a really good quality CVT fluid. Um, we actually just did a Nissan transmission in like a, I think it was a 2009 or 2010 Altima.
1: Oh, we did the whole transmission. Yeah, we did
2: the whole transmission. Yeah, and actually we filled. We didn't use a Nissan fluid. We filled it with the BG fluid because they said they were gonna uh, put a guarantee on it.
1: So, so yeah,
2: yeah, you yeah absolutely. Oh, you don't have to go back.
1: No, and and just well, just for the record, you don't never have to go back to the dealership for anything aside from recalls and warranty work.
4: Well, they were saying, well, we hooked up to a computer, and that's how we can check the fluid levels, and this, that, and the other thing. So
1: yeah, yeah. I, like yeah.
4: Said, I don't know if that's just the, like, we of like, oh, yes. I'll, we- tell, I'll
2: tell you what we do. We have a graduated bucket that tells us how much that we took out, and we can fill it back up. And um, we have the special tool to check the level on it, to verify it. But generally, um, whatever you take out, as long as it's not leaking, is what you're going to put back in.
1: Yeah. And we have all the specs on that kind of stuff too. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's
4: so if I bring it to a shop like yours
1: mm-hmm.
4: um and you're able to do the work
2: mm-hmm.
4: and then you said the BG guarantees guarantees the mm-hmm. guarantees yeah. it or yeah. so it said let deal with that.
2: So our BG warranty, um if you go and change a fluid and they have a service interval of thirty thousand miles with their stuff they will actually offer um, I'm trying to think you're are you over fifty thousand miles right now he said he was sixty
4: um, no. Um, um, no 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 i'm at i'm at I'm at fifty almost fifty one thousand
2: mm. okay
4: the, the manufacturer
2: mm-hmm. interstate
4: service interview full interval for mm-hmm. the transmission is at sixty thousand
1: okay so yeah. but you're so just I, you're just I over wanted, 50. I
4: want to do it I just want to do it at the service interval, right? So and then maintain it from then. Yeah, it's, um, it's just still under warranty.
1: Uh, and Nissan, right? And um, the BG does offer, and I, don't, I I don't have the all the literature here in front of us. You can call the shop tomorrow, and I can answer the questions. Or we can so, stop by. I was actually by. just
2: working on this today, and I can't remember the dollar amount yeah. off the top of my head. But I can't remember if it's a thousand or two thousand dollars. What
1: BG does is they guarantee their their fluids by putting a warranty on the item that's being filled with the fluid. So um, if you were to have have any issues with the um the transmission after we did the service to it? BG would contribute to uh, a warranty repair on that transmission, but there's certain intervals that BG prefers that you do the like the transmission mm-hmm. services or the coolant services or anything like that. And unfortunately, I don't have we don't have that information in yeah. front of us, and I don't actually, have to commit it committed to memory.
2: I actually handed the sheet to another listener the other week and I had to print another one out. Yeah, because he's stop by the shop if you stop by the shop we can go over what those services are and what everything is but yes we
4: well i i I know that nissan's transmissions tend to be their achilles heel
1: yes yes Mm -hmm. Yes. yeah so it's always really good to just a little little proactive measure is what and that's great that you're thinking that you think that way i commend you for that for sure
2: yeah because if you don't You don't change the fluid on them. They go about one hundred and twenty thousand miles, and that's it. Yeah.
4: So. Well, my plan is to keep this car at least three hundred thousand.
2: Let's
1: do it. <laughs> Heck yeah! All right. Thank you so much, David, for those yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, stop input. by,
2: and we can get you all that yeah. information. All right. All right. Great. Thanks. Right, thank you.
1: Well, that's our show tonight. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to continue to talk about vehicle technologies next week because yeah. just, there's just so much to talk and, about.
2: Yeah, and I want to get our BG warranty stuff and yeah. all our warranty stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that too We can next talk week.
1: about that a little more next week. So thank you so much for listening, uh, and have a lovely, lovely, lovely weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Good night.